The following message was preached at Flint Hill Baptist Church. We would love for you to join us on Sundays for life groups and worship, or on Wednesdays for adult Bible study, kids, and youth activities. For more information, visit flinthill.net. I want to share with you, uh, the title of the message today is Pentecost Prayer, and the theme is 2 Chronicles 7.14, and... uh, so let, let me kind of, kind of put this in context just a moment. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, in the first century in, in the book of Acts, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 that when Jesus rose from the dead, that he spent 40 days here on earth doing ministry, opening up the Word of God, and on the 40th day he ascended to the heavens. And 10 days later is when the Holy Spirit came on what we call the, the day of Pentecost. It was the feast of Pentecost in the Jewish nation, and they would gather. They gathered there just, uh, the, the believers there gathered most likely in the temple courts for every day, probably throughout the day for prayer, because the Lord said, wait until I send the Holy Spirit to come, the Comforter. Uh, and so they did. And we know that Pentecost has come. We know the Holy Spirit of God has come. Every child of God in this house this morning knows that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That's what we call regeneration. That's a big theological term. It literally means that Christ in you, that God has come down and resides now within every child of God, right? I mean, I mean, that's Paul said, that's evidence, verification that you really know Christ is that the Holy Spirit of God has filled your heart, your life uh, uh, through the blood of Jesus. Now, I say all that because uh, some of y'all might be here today and might think, what in the world is that talking about? I mean, this is just real life. There's a real heaven, there's a real hell, and there's a real Savior, and He really died on the cross, and He really rose on the third day, hallelujah, and He's coming again. Now, before that, He promised that He would never leave us nor forsake us, and that one of those promises, the evidence of that is Christ in us, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit of God now resides within us. That's, that's just the Bible. That's what the Bible clearly says, and as a believer, born again, as He told Nicodemus there in John chapter 3, that's evidence that you really know Christ. Paul would go on to say in Romans that if you have not the Spirit of God, you're not really a Christian. Right? So now, when we come to this Pentecost prayer, historically, I just want to share this, because I, I, it really isn't in my life. I'm not sure it's really in the Baptist life, but in church history, oftentimes from Ascension Day to Pentecost Day, the church historically has gathered for prayer. Now, we know the Holy Spirit of God has come. We know that. We know that we have everything we need for life and godliness, but in the history of the church... There have been seasons where they would gather for prayer intentionally during what we call Pentecost prayer time. In other words, through Ascension Day, which this year is May 18th, through Sunday, May 28th, at 10 days, they would have gathered for prayer. Now, I I came across Claude B. King. Some of y'all might know Claude. He worked with Henry Blackerby and Experiencing God stuff. Um, He also references Andrew Murray, who was a pastor in the late 1800s in South Africa. And uh, Andrew was, uh, 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 was, was pastoring the church, and he began this emphasis in prayer during this Pentecost prayer time back in the 1800s. God began to use that in the church's life, and it spread throughout that whole area, whole region uh, of their world. God began to renew them in their walk with Christ. I mean, not, not giving them something they didn't already have, but just awaken them to the reality of, the God, of Christ in them, the hope of glory, the Spirit of God. And God began to move. People began to get saved. Lives were changed because of what God was doing in the midst of them. Now, I would submit to you, if you've been in church any length of time, you probably are familiar with 2 Chronicles 7.14. 
Right? I mean, I mean, listen, back when we used to have uh, revival meetings, some of y'all probably old enough to remember those revivals. I mean, I'm talking about week-long revivals. Some of y'all probably remember that. Uh, and, I, and I do. I mean, it, I mean, I remember a revival meeting. God called me one Sunday night to go to the Philippines on a mission trip. Right? Paul was up here laughing. I mean, because God, I mean, God got hold of my heart in a revival meeting. Oh, Johnny Tucker down there from Centronel preaching the gospel, just calling me to, to go. So I, I'm all about that, gathering together uh, for that purpose. So, so you probably have heard 2 Chronicles 7.14. This is going to be our emphasis this year. And yes, I am as your pastor calling you and asking you to commit to pray May 18th through the 28th. Ten days. Uh, I know in one of the life groups, I think Royce's life group, i got a sign-up sheet going around in the church somewhere. My hope is that we have every hour of the day for ten days, 24 hours a day, people praying. Praying for one another. I'm going to share with you specifically here how we can pray for one another out of 2 Chronicles 7.14. Uh, but that's the whole emphasis this year, beginning on May 18th through the 28th. Pentecost prayer meetings, that's what we're doing. You're going to have your own. We're going to gather here on Sunday night at 6 o'clock on the 28th just to pray, just to gather together and to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, I say that because, I mean, listen, again, as a Christian, I have all that I need for life and godliness. The Holy Spirit's already come. What I want my heart earn, just yearns for is for God to awaken me to his presence in my life today. May the manifest presence of God I mean, be awakened in my life. And I pray that personally for me. And I pray it for you. I do. I have my prayer walk. I pray for you. Now, I say that. There's a lot of guests here today. I don't know you. I've met some of you. If you're a member of this church, particularly if you're in that church directory, you get prayed for. You do. So now, let, let's turn our attention to 2 Chronicles 7.14, because here's our theme for this prayer time. It, it's a wonderful verse. Y'all with me here? 2 Chronicles 7.14. Here's, I'm reading out the NIV. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. If you've been in church, yeah, amen, I'm with you. If you've been in church long enough, you've heard this prayer. If not, highlight it in your Bible. It's a good one to remember. Now, let me, let me make a statement here. Maybe I need to say this. I believe in the Word of God. Now, when I say that statement, I believe in the God who created, who birthed this word. I believe it's inspired by the Holy One of Israel. I mean, I believe God Almighty brought this into existence. Uh, I believe He chose to use humanity, men, to write this. I believe that. But they were anointed and inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. I believe this is God's word, living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. I believe that with all my heart. I believe in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I know some preachers say I'll even believe in the maps at the end. I, I don't know if I go that far, but anyway, I mean, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just, you know, but I mean, some, some of them, I, I, I say that to, for this statement because some folks kind of forget about the Old Testament. Some I read earlier, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, one of my favorite verses that I hang on to all my life since I came to know Christ. This will be one of those verses. And, and I know there's a context here. Solomon is in the, in, the, in the place where they're dedicating the temple. They're dedicating the Lord's house. They're, they're coming together as a people. But I believe God's word is, and his promises are true. I believe they're true. And I believe as God's people today, we can call upon the Lord. We can come to him, humble ourselves, seek his face. And he will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sins. And he will heal this land. Now, when I use that word land, I'm not talking about necessarily the United States of America. I'm talking about the fertile ground of our soul. I'm talking about me and you personally. Now, he may choose to heal the land in which we live in. I've seen God bring forth a revival and change lives and change communities. 
I mean, I've seen that happen. I've seen people get saved, but I've seen people get right. Revival is when God's people get right. I mean, you notice in the scripture here. All right, all right. It's a great verse. But let me, let me bring out a couple things here in our prayer focus. First thing I want to say is about the people, right? He says, if my people who are called by my name. A couple things here that I just want to bring out real clearly. He talks about God's possession. And God is speaking this. He says, if my people, we are a possessed people by the spirit of the living God. In other words, God owns us. The life I live is not my own. That's the, what's, Paul quoted that in Galatians 2.20. That's what he spoke. I have been crucified with Christ. As God's people, we're not done to ourselves. I mean, I know we honor our graduates today that we talk about their life all ahead of them, and praise the Lord, it is. But friend, if you're a child of God here today, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. The Lord has speaking over you. He says, if my people, I own you, I possess you, you are mine. So when God looks upon us today, he doesn't look at anything that you do, your accomplishments. He looks only for one thing. Have you come through the blood of Jesus? Are you forgiven of your sins? Do you know him personally? You know, we talk about eternity. Listen, eternity doesn't start when you end this life and check into the, the year after in the eternal life. Eternity starts now. Knowing him personally as your Lord and Savior, and it carries on forevermore. That relationship, that's what he's talking about here. My people. He owns us. He, 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 we are His. In fact, he goes on in Ephesians. He talks about that not, not only are we His, but we are his, are his inheritance. The riches, he says, of His inheritance in Ephesians chapter 1. Now, I say that because, look, I, 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 listen. If you are a child of God here this morning, please hear me. You are a prized possession of the Lord. You are valuable. Now, I know I don't have time today, but man, there's a lot of voices being spoken around in the world today. And listen, there's a lot of voices that say you're not worth anything, you're no good. And you might be listening to some of that right now. I'm just telling you straight up, as a child of God, you are unique, special, one of a kind. Nobody liked you in this world. And he loves you with an everlasting love. You are his, and he is yours. You are his possession. Now, that being said, you don't just come into this relationship even by coming to church or being as a family, mom and daddy don't bring you into this relationship. This relationship is spiritual and it's divine. And he says, who are called by my name. Now when I say that, I mean this sincerely. The effectual calling of God. God calls us out of darkness into life. Calls us out of lostness into being saved. For you don't just come to Jesus on your own. God's got to call you, bring you unto himself. He knocks on the door of your heart. And it's by faith you respond to the calling of God. Friend, let me ask you this morning, real simply here. Please hear me. Please hear me. As your pastor, please hear me. I know we have a lot of guests here today. Do you know him? Do you know the Lord personally as your Lord and Savior? Friend, if you've never, you never trusted Christ personally as your Lord and Savior, friend, today's the day of salvation. If he's knocking on the door of your heart, open up your heart. Trust him personally. Place your faith in him and him alone. When we talk about God's people, we are God's people, not because of some heritage, but it's only through the blood of Jesus that we become God's people and God's possession. And we, and we can, as he's going to see in just a moment, can bank on his promises that he has. Friend, if you don't know the Lord, then there's nothing you have to hang on to today in these verses. 
It is only through the blood of Christ becoming the people of God that we can hang on to these promises that God gives us. Now, it's God's people. That's the message. The message this morning is to God's people. I say that. My heart is for people to come to faith in Christ. And friend, if you're here today and you don't know him, I want you to hear me. I want you to come to faith in Christ. As as important as that is, I also want God's people who are called by his name to humble themselves. Now we move into what he, he lists here, several prerequisites before the promises of God. Humility is the first and foremost one. In fact, you see it here. He says, my people called by my name will humble themselves literally before him. Humility is an incredible attribute, characteristics of a child of God. But quite honestly, in today's culture, it's not seen as something very popular or something that most people would even pursue. To humble themselves doesn't mean that you're a doormat. It means that you acknowledge that God is on his throne in your heart and your life. And as ambitious as you might see, as passionate as you might be, you acknowledge, you humble yourself before Almighty God. You literally get down before Him on your face and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. John the Baptist had it right when he saw Jesus. He said, He must increase and I must decrease. I mean, that's, that's true humility. So, so, so the calling is here, the prerequisite that really precedes the promises that God has is that we would humble ourselves. And, and, and how do we do that? We see it here listed. I'm there, it's on the screen, prayer, intimacy, and repentance. And when, I, can, I can submit to you today, Jesus has made it clear, my house, this house. I'm so thankful this morning we had the opportunity to pray for these, these graduates, to literally lay hands on them, pray for their families, to call upon the name of the Lord. In Matthew 21, 13, Jesus said, my house will be called a house of, thank you, prayer, prayer. It is an indication that we're humbling ourselves before God, that we're willing to acknowledge that and humble ourselves in prayer. The heart of a Christian ought to be the heart of a prayer warrior, someone who's willing to submit and humble themselves before God for everything, not just the big things, little things in my life. Prayer is the pathway to the presence of the Lord. It it makes no... The next thing he says here in prayer, he says, seek my face. That's the terminology here, the phrase in the scripture. It reveals an intimacy with God. I want to remind us today when he talks about this, remember the Bible, you know this, the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 19, talking about, he says, therefore, brother, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place through the blood of Jesus. Now, you know this in your history, only one could go into the holy place, the most holy place once a year. That was it. But thanks be to God, when Jesus rose from the dead, y'all remember this in the Bible? The curtain in the hut was torn from the top down. And by the blood of Christ, through his death and resurrection, now we who know Christ have the confidence and assurance that we can walk into the very throne room of heaven and have a conversation with our Heavenly Father. That's an amazing, glorious thing. Now I say that because God wants intimacy with me and you. He is not happy with marginal Christianity. He is not happy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong. He, I'm sure he's happy that you came to church this morning. Don't get, please don't miss it. Don't leave out here and say, that preacher don't want nobody to go to church. Please don't hear that. He's thrilled that you said, I'm going to go to church today. But can I hear you? Can, can you hear this? God wants you to talk to him and commune with him on a daily basis. To the, to the glory of God, he died and rose again that we might walk with him and talk with him. And you know, old hymn writer had it right. Intimacy with the Lord. God has called me here as your pastor to lead us into an intimate walk with Jesus. 
And I say that, it goes way beyond just showing up to church. God wants me and you to walk with Him in an intimate way, to seek His face, not His hand. Don't give me this, God. I want to know you personally, as Paul would say, and the power of your resurrection in my life today. So to God be the glory. We, God, God is inviting us into intimacy. Now, none of this will happen unless we repent. I mean, that word is clear right here in the Scriptures. It says... Uh, Turn from their wicked ways. Maybe repentance is a better word than saying turn from your wicked ways. Um, I don't know what you think about repentance. I don't, know what, I don't know what comes to your mind. I mean, the scripture says to turn from wickedness. I mean, again, this is his people who are called by his name. I mean, the truth is that all of us have the propensity to fall into wickedness and to, and, and to, fall, and to be in sin and all that stuff. But if you want to be personal and intimate with your Heavenly Father, there's only one way, and it's through purity. And that involves repentance. That means a turning away from one and a turning to another. That means to turn away from my sin, turn away from myself, and turn to my Savior and submit to Him alone. Now, I say this. These are all prerequisites. Humility, prayer, intimacy, and repentance. As we walk down this road, 18th through the 28th, my, my heart's desire is that we're going to gather together. We're going to pray in our homes. We're going to pray for one another, pray for our families, that God would so get hold of our hearts that we would humble ourselves before Him, that we would seek Him and His face, not just what He can give to us, but God, I want intimacy and communion with You. And God, whatever it takes, God, reveal it to my heart so that I would forsake it and turn away from it. That I would know You personally in the power of Your resurrection. That I would repent and turn away from my wickedness. And thanks be to God. That the promises here in this scripture would become true, true in our lives today. The promise is this. God has declared, if you, if you do these things, I will hear from heaven, forgive your sin, and heal your land. I mean, it is clear in the scriptures. He says, I will hear you. Now, that implies that he won't listen to you or me if we're not humble before him and willing to forsake sin. It is clear. You can't come into the house of the Lord and give some words up into the house. No, no, no. He doesn't care anything about our words or how much we speak or whether we pray out loud. Friend, God looks into the heart. I don't want to mess you up this morning, but God knows your thoughts before you even come across your head. Before they even come out your mouth, He knows what's going across your mind. And that may be a little scary to some of us. We might be going, oh, goodness. But it's true. But God's not so concerned about it. He, 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 wants, he wants to hear your prayer. He wants to respond to your prayer. But He can't do that unless you're willing to repent and turn to Him and be honest and pure and intimate with Him. There's no other way. But make no mistake, the promise is clear. He will hear, hear and forgive. Thanks be to God, there's nothing I'll ever do that can't be forgiven in Jesus' name. And I rejoice in the great, glorious graciousness of God today that through the blood of Jesus I can be forgiven. But I want you to notice the word heal. It means renewed and restored. Now I will tell you, back in December before I was able to come here full time, God really put into my heart that 2023 was a year of renewal in our hearts before Him. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about us. A, re a year of renewal and restoration. That I really believe God is able. No, no, let me back up. I know God is able to heal hurting, and broken hearts. I have no doubt about that. I believe God wants to. I really believe there might be some hurting and broken hearts up in the house of the Lord this morning. And God's desire is to heal, to renew, to restore, to restore unto you the joy of your salvation. Glory to God. That God would put a little passion renewing in our hearts today.
I know I get up here and I get all fired up and I start doing all this. Be sitting, there, you notice nobody's on the front row. That's the spit zone. Man, I was cheering at the ball game the other day. I had to apologize to the people in front of me. Even in my cheering, it's softball. I get a little spit or spit coming out. I said, I'm sorry. And I get all excited and I get all these things up. But I'm telling you, my heart is burdened. My heart wants us to turn to the Lord. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's not just sitting in church every now and then. I'm telling you, God's got a plan for you and me to be used for His glory. I believe that with all my heart. And there are some that are here today that are brokenhearted for whatever reasons. And I'm, I'm, my heart breaks for you. But I know He's able. He is able to heal and restore and renew. I, I believe that. I, I'm just going to take God at His word. Acts 3.19 says, Repent then and turn to God. Why? So your sins can be wiped out. So that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I really believe that's what God wants to do here. I really believe that. I believe that's what God's called us to pray. Can I challenge you? Can I challenge you a little bit? Take me up on it. I mean this sincerely. Take the prayer challenge. Ten days of praying. May 18th through the 20th. I, I, know, I know we've got a lot of guests here today. You, you might, who knows what you're thinking about this preacher at this point. Please hear my heart, though. Whether you're here today, whether you, whether you ever come back here again, I hope you do. If you need a church home, please come. But if you don't, please take the challenge. Please take the challenge. If you were to be honest before the Lord today and say, man, my heart is not, it's just not on fire for the Lord like it used to be, or you remember a time when, man, you were so passionate for Christ and doing the work of the Lord, and now you kind of feel like it's waning. Listen, God hadn't moved one bit. So take the challenge. I, I want to issue that to every person here today that can hear my voice. May 18th through the 28th, 10 days praying. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Take it, read it, memorize it, pray it. Put your heart out before God and see what God will do in it for you and your life personally. Now I'm going to do something else here. Now when I come down, I can't see everybody on the back row back there. I've got to get a little closer. I'm going to ask you to do something else. Because uh, I ask you to take a challenge. That's, that's a strong. You know, that's how I get sometimes. I don't know if everybody's got one in little bulletins that we pass out. They told me they ran out this morning. I don't know if that, you know. But, I, but, here, but, but hear me. On your bulletin, there's a little tear-off. If you're willing to take the challenge, write your name and phone number on it and tell me the time of day that you're going to pray every day from May 18th to 28th. See, if I had an altar call, a whole bunch of you come down here. I, I'm not I'm wrong with that. We're going to do that Sunday night, May 28th. But if you're really willing to take the challenge, right? Tear that thing off in just a moment. Put your name, phone number. Why are you putting your phone number? Yeah, I'm going to send you a text. Yeah, I will. I'm going to go ahead and tell you straight up. I will send you a text. And thank you for taking the challenge. But I may even text you during those 10 days and say, here, I want you to remember this. Boom, boom. Just encouraging you in the Lord. I'm going to ask you to put a date... A, a time of day that you're going to pray. Why? Because I want you to be detailed and specific in answering that challenge. Y'all with me? All right, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, just so thankful for this morning.
for this time that we can gather in your name. I know, I know up in my heart this morning there's a challenge. There's a, there's a prayer emphasis that I believe you're laying on our hearts here at Flint Hill that we need, we need more than anything, we need you to work in our hearts, in our lives for your glory. God, you have called this church the people of God. You said this would be a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Father, it's not the bricks and mortar, it's we who are the people called by your name under the blood of Jesus that are praying. That our testimony would be that we depend on you and trust in you and that we rely on you for everything in our life. God, please, move in us. I, I pray right now, God, that all across this sanctuary this morning, God, that there would be brothers and sisters in Christ taking the challenge to pray for 10 days. 2 Chronicles 7.14 For themselves, for their family, for their spouse, for their children, for their grandchildren, for their co-workers, for their community. God, that we'd be so intentional to call upon your name. God, we'd be willing to forsake any sin, repent of it, and turn to you. And I want to thank you right now for hearing and forgiving and healing this land. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me to your feet. Friend, we're going to sing a song of response. And I, I just want to share with you, I try to do this every Sunday, but friend, if you're here today and you know you need to come and make public your profession of faith, following believers' baptism, then you do that. This is your time. If you know this is where God's calling you, Need to make that public. This is where God's calling me to serve Him, to be part of the body of Christ here at Flint Hill. You come. I'm going to get out of the way. We're going to worship. You respond to the Lord today.